Cause amongst thieves and crooks Want bad women, bad cars, bad hoods, bad dudes I'm making my own rules I'm a bad bitch Hey y'all, this is Suplex Wrestling with your boy Pusha And y'all already know what time it is, man Hey it's a new podcast, as you heard before. It's called Suplex Wrestling. This is where I I get to tell you something what I really love. I really love talking about wrestling. I love WWE, WCW, ECW, TNA. I love talking about that type of stuff. I loved it. I know too much about it. So, so to me, it's kind of just like I get to tell you another side of me. And it's like on this podcast, I'll be telling you stuff like reviews of, of pay-per-views, shows, also rankings, top tens, like it's gonna give. I'm gonna give you my my all on this because this is something I'm passionate about. So guess what? Let's get on to it, man. Because the first thing I'm giving to y'all is my is a top ten. It's gonna be top ten WWE champions of all time. Come on, man. When you reach the mountaintop, who is the top person in the industry? Who do you want to see as champion? The WWE title is the pinnacle of wrestling. Yes, you have every single other promotion, but wrestlers strive to hit WWE, win that title, and make it big. Because once you hit the title, you get the money, you get the paychecks, you get the fame, the women, you get it all. Limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun. Yes, I know. He's not going to be on the list. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Flair just... Now, if it was another title, he would have made it. But for the WWE title, it ain't Flair. So, it's like, hey, man. Let's get it on started. And at number 10, it is CM Punk. CM Punk is the cult of personality. The voice for the voiceless. To me, Punk had a normal upbringing to me because when he started out well he he got famous in ring of honor the man got known in ring of honor where he, he was known to CM punk as well and he was just like no he was winning big he wasn't that big that much but he was doing big and he did everything then news broke that he signed a developmental deal to sign with wwe but ring of honor gave him the title their world title they gave him the world title so now they get this big angle to where it's like Punk is like magically the the man. Now I was like, he's gonna leave the promotion with the title and then not come back. That's gonna be relevant to the next story about the WWE title. But like that was his exit plan. And then his final go home show, like weeks prior, he lost the title. But then it's like we like this go home. They cried. That was a special moment for Punk. Then he comes to WWE. Was in ECW for a little bit, and it's like. He has an upbringing. He had that style to him. He had that punk rock, that East that the original ECW was about. So to see a newcomer like that, it gave them like, ooh, we got some fresh blood. We got some new blood in here. Let's go. And it's like something that they could get behind. So it was awesome to see that. And then after that, you got what? When he went on to the main roster, he didn't win his first WWE championship until 2011. What? He was a former world champion, but he didn't win the WWE title. This man here won the title in literally the biggest way possible. The same way he did it in Ring of Honor, he did it here. Punk was literally, his contract was set to expire on the pay-per-view Money in the Bank. In June 2011, that's when his contract was up. It was up. Well, I think, no, I think it was July, not June. One of those two. But it was up. His like real life, his contract was up. 
And WWE said, let's make an angle out of this. And it was the biggest, the hottest thing ever to come out of that. When I say he he played the part, he did everything. He talked down Vince. He talked down Steph, Triple H. He broke the fourth wall. And wrestling fourth wall is, it. it's basically you went off script. You mentioned something that should not be mentioned. And it was like, oh, my God. Is this real? And it got everybody invested. This was literally a five-star. And it was like the match that he had to win the title against John Cena at Money in the Bank. It was a five-star on Dave Meltzer's list. That is the holy grail of it. So it was just like, bruh. <laughs> bruh. And it was just amazing. And then you got the title reign after didn't last that long. He lost it a month later at SummerSlam. But then coming in, it was just like, it was just something else because it was just he needed to get somewhere else. And he went, he won the title back, went on one year, a year-long streak as the WWE champion. He held it for 434 days. Eventually ended up losing it to The Rock at the Rumble in 2013. But Punk's reign was amazing. He had great, he had great matches with people like Ziggler, Ryback. He had matches with The Shield. He had matches with Cena. He had matches with Jericho. He had great matches all around. But the only thing I'm knocking for, and the only reason he's down at the bottom of the list at number 10, is because he never really main evented any pay-per-views like that. The, the majority of the year was ruled by Cena. Even though Cena didn't have the title, he was still in the main event. And that's where it's like, it knocked Punk. Like, why is the WWE champion not the main event? Like, I remember one match, he had Daniel Bryan as his opponent. Daniel Bryan, yes. Great matches, great matches, and yet he's not the main event because they want the main event, John Lord, Nottis, and John Cena. No, no, but it, it it is what it is, man. It was just, it is what it is. It, Punk ranks number 10 on my list. All right, y'all, in at number nine, it is the boy Pedro Morales. Now, Pedro Morales, he is widely known as one of the greatest Puerto Rican wrestlers of all time. Like, come on, man. The man is a legend in Puerto Rico for the stuff that he did in WWE. The man is indeed a one-time WWE champion, but even still, that one reign was over 1,000 days. This man was so good and so beloved as a babyface. Vince McMahon Sr. said, hey, Bruno San Martino, I need you to drop the title to a no-name, and then he's going to drop the title to Pedro. So the whole plan was to put the title on Pedro. What? Oh, you got to be kidding. What? He was that good that Bruno San Martino, the living legend, dropped the title for him? Oh, boy, you know Pedro going to make the list. Pedro Morales, the impact that he made in Puerto Rico around the world, trust me, he was such a beloved babyface. And then the match that he had with Bruno, that 60-minute draw in Madison Square Garden, come on, man. The match is legendary. So for him to be that, trust me, it is your boy Pedro Morales in at number nine. All right, y'all. In at number eight, it is the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar. I got to go with Brock, man. Brock is, he's a monster. He's a beast. Because one, the man made his debut after WrestleMania 18 in 2002. That, that was in April. By June, he was the number one contender for the WWE title. What? Huh? He was an absolute animal. He had the physical attributes to be a monster. Are you talking about a former NCAA champion, heavyweight champion in wrestling at the University of Minnesota? That ain't no joke. 
That was Division One, and he won the championship. What? Yes, the man had his credentials. He was ready to go. Then he went to developmental, and he said, hey, it's either you put me on the main roster or I'm leaving. It was that simple. And they said, okay, put him on the main roster, gave him the title, and he was beating people left and right. The man won the title in his first four months on the main roster. What? What? And then he beat The Rock, one of the most beloved champions, beloved superstars, actors ever, and he beat him. What? And one of the best main events, the best pay-per-view, one of the best pay-per-views ever, SummerSlam 02, he beat him. And then also, you can't even put it on that Brock. Also, WrestleMania 19, great match or angle, mostly known for him almost breaking his neck. But Lesnar also won the title there. Then he left the company. He won. All, he also won the title. And also, another great match on SmackDown, a 60-minute Iron Man match against Angle, which is widely known as one of the best TV matches of all time because it was given away for free. That's a main event match. And he won the title again. Left WWE, went to UFC where he was beating people left and right there, became UFC champion. Then he won the title in New Japan, came back and won the title again. This man is an absolute beast. No, And then Brock, people always hate on Brock because one, he's not around to defend the title. Okay, cool. But then it's like when he's on the show, people buy and they come and they buy tickets. So either way, Brock is a known piece and he's a known factor to WWE's success. Whether it be a good one or a bad one, because guess what? If it's a bad one, people want to see Lesnar lose the title. Guess what? You're checking in to see if Lesnar is still going to lose the title. Then if it's a good one, it's the beast and you're here to see him. It's that simple. Brock is at eight because he did it so fast. Lesnar is only what? I think Lesnar is only like a five-time WWE champion. And what? And he's held it for over 700 days? Yeah, Brock deserves to be in the top 10. All right, and at number seven, it is the Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah, the Macho Man Macho Madness. Randy Savage is one of the greatest of all time. If you don't know anything about wrestling, you know Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, you know the Macho Man, you know Cena, Rock, you know all them. You don't even got to watch wrestling to know them. Come on, man. It's the Macho Man Randy Savage. Savage is one of the best persons in the in wrestling history because, one, he is known for this. He can play the face. He can work a crowd because he is that good. But then he can turn around that and become the best heel in the business. They've always said the best workers in wrestling is people that can play both sides of the same coin. And Macho Man and Randy was the best at it. Randy is only a two-time WWE champion, but he's held it for 520 days. The Macho Man, come on, man. He's held it for one He held his first reign. He held it for one year when he won it at WrestleMania 4 in a tournament that he basically became facing, won the title, held it for a year, and turned heel on Hulk Hogan. Like, the man was that good that he, can, that he was in a main event with Hogan, and he won it in a main event without Hogan. Like, he was that good. My, and then you can never forget how Randy Savage, the title defenses that he had, the mega powers were formed during that. He made the title feel real. He made it feel like it was something. He made it feel like it was larger than life. The man, over his own wife, he chose the title. And don't get me wrong, this wasn't no pig squalling. No, no, this woman was beautiful. And he chose the title over her. And he said, I don't care. I want the title. He later chose the woman, but hey, 
He chose the title this time. That's all that matters. All right, and at number six, it is the phenomenal AJ Styles. Now, this is a weird one to rank here because Styles is such a, like, weird one to rank because look at it. He was how it goes. He came into WWE. He debuted at the 2018 Royal Rumble. And then six months later, he came in from another company, which company, WWE, any, they have a track record. Any person that comes from that company, they don't push that hard. Really, it's kind of just like, if you made your name somewhere else, they won't, they're going to package you as something else. And it's just going to be even, they want to make you their own. Styles came in and proved them wrong and literally said, I'm AJ Styles beat me and he had a phenomenal match with Jericho at Mania he had a phenomenal match with Roman Reigns who nobody thought was gonna happen and then they gave him the freaking title after he beat the the poster boy John Cena at SummerSlam clean yeah they gave him the title the WWE Championship a man who made his name in TNA yeah he earned that one. And then he went on to hold it a second time, winning it. He's the first and only man to win the WWE Championship in, uh, what is it, in England? In Manchester. It was the first time ever, and he won the title in Manchester. And then he held it for, a, then he held it for one year. The phenomenal AJ Styles. He's held it for a grand total of 511 days for only two reigns. Styles deserved it. And then it was great match after match after match. He had a great match against Daniel Bryan. He had a great match against Roman Reigns. He had a great match, excellent match against John Cena. So Styles is the man. He is known as the savior because in this day and age, it was hard for somebody to hold the title for a year. We didn't get tired of Styles reign. Styles reign just kept getting better and better and better. And at number five, it is the immortal Hulk. Hogan. Now you're talking about somebody that is known for wrestling. WWE, the poster boy, the original one. Not the original, but hey, it is Hulk Hogan. Hogan, he was known. Vince McMahon needed somebody to put WWE on the map. He wanted to take it mainstream, and he needs somebody larger than life. Not so much. Hogan's matches were, let's be honest, they sucked, but the man, he he did his thing. He made it larger than life with these 24-inch pythons, the largest arms in the world, Jack. Eat your vitamins, say your prayers, and be good. That was Hogan. Hogan was that guy that you can just, he put it mainstream that it made it wrestling what it was today. Him, Piper, and Mr. And Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, they put it in with Mr. T at the first Mania, that it was just amazing. They made wrestling go mainstream. And thanks to that, and it was like Hogan, Hogan went on a three-year span of being the WWE champion that he just didn't lose. Hogan was the man. He had great feuds with Andre the Giant, Macho Man Randy Savage, Roddy Piper, King Kong Bundy. The man had endless rivalries. Were the matches good? No, they sucked. But that wasn't the point. A body slam was a good move back then. That's not the point. It was all about the character and the showboat, the showmanship. And Hogan solidified all of it. And that's why he ranks high on this list. Ticket sales was high. He made it big. Hogan is one of the best. In at number four, 
is John Cena. Yes, Cena is Cena is hey man. It's John Cena. What you want to do? Like, hey, you can't see me all day. Cena had his uprising to the top. It was kind of cool. It was kind of how they did it. Cena came in with the most blandest character thing ever. I mean, it wasn't bland. The debut was awesome. But then it was like, what's next? He came in, like, everywhere he went, he would wear, like, different color shorts for the town he was in. And that was his character. And I was like, what is that? And then on the verge of being fired, the man brings up for Halloween, he's Vanilla Ice, and he's rapping. What? That saved your career? So now he's rapping like some thugged out white boy, and literally that's how he got through. He got over with the fans because it's raps because he kept saying these nuts. Like literally. And I'm just like, bruh, the man got over like that. And then his wrestling wasn't the best. He was green. He was he was aight, but he was still green, but his popularity was off, was through the roof. So all that helped him become what he was, what he is today. One of the biggest stars in WWE. When he won his first title at WrestleMania 21, it was a big deal. He didn't lose the title until almost like 10 months later. And then he won it back again. Cena is Cena is he's a 13-time world champion, 10-time WWE champion. And he's held it for over a grand total of 1,200 days. He's held it for 1,254 days. Cena is he, he's a once-in-a-generation talent because he's one of the best entertainers there are in the business. Now, his wrestling skills weren't the best as champion. That's why I knocked him a couple. But ticket sales did go up a little. They, he kept them afloat when it was time. He did have some classic feuds with the likes of Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho, Umaga, uh, Batista, Randy Orton, Triple H. He had one hell of a few. AJ Styles, CM Punk, these feuds were amazing. And Cena can be attested to it that he wasn't the best when he first started, but he gradually became better and better in that ring to where his matches become A1 classic moments. That's why I rank Cena at number four. All right, y'all. And at number three, it is the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. It's the Hitman. It's Brett Hitman Hart. Come on, y'all. You know I got to put Brett on the list. Bret Hart is literally once in a lifetime. The man was the excellence of execution. Bret won his first title from Ric Flair. And what a match. What a way to put over the new star. You be a legendary, a legend in the business to win your first WWE title. Yeah, Bret Hart was that man. And he's like, how he did it, it was just that... He didn't he didn't he was not the best on the mic. I can guarantee you that. He was not the best on the mic. But he was the he was literally one of the best in that ring. When he get in the ring, he couldn't he couldn't tell a story on that mic to give you the the showmanship and what you needed to hear. He can tell you what he wanted to tell you in that ring. He could tell a story in that ring to make keep you compelled, keep you invested to where it's going to be like, "Ooh, that just happened." And he did it with everybody everybody that he had a match with they at least had their best match you can ask anybody in the business from his time they will say their best match was most likely with a heart whether it be brett or whether it be owen it was their best match brett hart was the man back then and it was like he pushed people to be the best because that's what he wanted to do he wanted to be the best and that's what he became the best there is the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Now, is Brett's reign the longest? No, he's a five-time WWE champion holding it for 654 days, but it's like, and it's all about the impact that he made with that title. 
I mean, like, yeah, there was some hearsay backstage stuff. Now, their ass champion, was it the best time for the business? No. It was during the Monday Night Wars when we needed a little something. And Brett was the more family-friendly champion. He was he was the one that walked out with the sunglasses, the shades, the leather jacket. The kids loved him. He gave his glasses to the kids. But no, the business was making a turn. We want to see women in their bra and panties. We want to see hardcore. We want to see blood. We want to see violence. And Brett wasn't about that. But Brett was still the best in that ring. So you know what he did? He did the next best thing. He turned heel. The most beloved character in WWE, the most baby-faced person ever, turned his back on America. Because Brett's not American. He's Canadian. And literally, all Brett did, he became a heel in America. When he went to Canada, he was the Lord and Savior. They had parades for him. He was waving the Canadian flag. He was doing everything. He became face in Canada. He said he doesn't want to waste his time on American soil. What? The man became historical after that. His heel work as that, that's when I like That's when I like Brett the most. I'm not even going to lie. Because when he went to Canada, he was the Lord and Savior. He did everything he needed to do. He couldn't do no wrong. But then when he was in America, he was the biggest heel. And I loved it. That's why Brett ranks high on my list. All right, man. And at number two. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, you're talking about somebody who revolutionized everything about wrestling. The man was known for it. Austin 316 says, I just whooped your... Yeah. Stone Cold, man. Austin... Austin is legit one of the best people in the business, The be- one of the best ring technicians, literally one of the best people on the mic, and he can work a crowd. Every time you hear that glass shatter, you know who it is. It's Austin. Austin for combined total. He only held the title six times, but he held it for like 529 days, which is not that long, but Austin still made the biggest impact because when you think of the Attitude Era, you think of Stone Cold Steve Austin. When Austin comes out, it's the smell of beer. He was the blue-collar worker that stuck it to the boss 100% of the time. Well, not 100 but it was most of the time. When Austin came out, he told everybody wanted to be Stone Cold. Stone Cold, you're a worker, and you're stunning your boss. You're punching him in the head. You're stunning him, throwing beer on him running him over with cars, destroying his Corvette, running his cars over with a monster truck. Man, I want to be like Austin. You giving you who doesn't want to walk up to that boss, stick the middle finger and then go drink a beer and go home and then come back and do the same thing. What? Austin did all that in one and then he was the champion, so Vince couldn't do him nothing. Man, that rivalry set the bar high. When you think of it, people still know Austin from that time, and it's literally he's a no no he is a no nonsense player that didn't care. He's gonna win and he's gonna win. It's that simple. Austin didn't care who you were or nothing. This was the time when the the line between face and heel was blurred. Austin wasn't no heel by far because of the fan cheering him, but he didn't care who you was, so he wasn't a face neither. He was the anti-hero. Well, he wasn't a heel. That way, basically, he can fight anybody that he want and still be coming out the good, like the best thing ever. The man came out and literally got a gun pulled on him, and then called, he called everybody the B-word, called everybody the A-hole. Like, the man, he didn't care. Flicked, he flicked you off 100% of the time. And guess what? The fans cheered him like he was the next coming. 
So, yes, this man here is just amazing to me. So, it, it it's amazing. So, for me, that's why I put Austin in at number two. He revolutionized the sport of WWE. He put WWE on the map and brought them to the promised land to beat their competition. All right, y'all. In at number one, it is the living legend. It is Bruno San Martino. Say, man, y'all already know what Bruno is. Bruno is the living legend for one. Because one, the man literally, he only held the title two times. Two times. Two times. That's how many times he held the title. But he held it for a grand total of 4,040 days. What? The man, his first reign lasted seven years. Most people barely get a year. Some people on the, like the list of WWE champions, some people don't even make it a week. And this man lasted seven years. This man sold out Madison Square Garden left and right. He made it what it was today. Like, the man is just, he he is what he is. He's the living legend. Bruno San Martino is the man to me. Because even though he's long before my time, long before it, but Bruno was, has such an impact on it that he still talked about today. And, and, oh, my God. Like, Bruno was just another thing. The man packed out stadiums around the world. He was he was Vince McMahon Sr.'s, like, his tool to, like, not tool, but, like, he was his his best worker. He was the man that he brought out, be like, hey, Bruno, I need you on this card. Bruno said, okay, and literally came out, and he, whooped, and he, and he beat some people up. The Italian stallion, most definitely, you don't know what it is. Bruno was the man. 4,000 days as champion. Y'all really think he's going to be not number one? Come on now. It's Bruno, man. All right, y'all. Now, don't be disappointed if your person that you think make needs to make the list didn't make it. Because, look, you I already know they got some great champions out there that didn't make the list. You got Eddie Guerrero. You got Buddy Rogers, who was the first champion. Then you got people like superstar Billy Graham. Then you got people like... um. What was it? Uh, the Undertaker, Triple H, Shawn Michaels. The list goes on and on and on and on. But guess what? They didn't make the list because I, they're not in my top ten. I'm sorry. It's just not what it is. So for me, they didn't make the top ten for me. And now it's like, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know. Now, if you want to see me make my full list, I can give you I, I can make that video and then guess what? I can give I can put out a link to it on the next on the next episode and then you know y'all can go from there. It's gonna be something to see because me, I can give you a top list of all the WWE champions in history. Now, actually, you know what? I'm gonna make that. I'm gonna make that for y'all next week. So guess what? For next week's show, I'm gonna make that list and give y'all the link that way y'all can see my full list of all 51 WWE champions. And there's gonna be something. All right, y'all. Now, this concludes this week's edition of Suplex Wrestling with your boy, Poiche. Now, next week's show, I got something pretty cool in store for you guys. Next week, it's going to be a review show. I'm going to review one of the best pay-per-views of all time. And to me, it's literally one of the best. It's not the best, but it's the best pay-per-view, one of the best pay-per-views of his era. And that is the Royal Rumble in 2001. From New Orleans, Louisiana? Come on, y'all. Y'all know I got to go back and take it to my hometown. 
And me, I'm gonna review the Royal Rumble. I'm gonna give you my thoughts on it. I'm gonna give you all my ratings on it, and I'm gonna give you some star ratings to see how it goes. Now that concludes this episode of Suplex Wrestling, and you already know what time it is, man. Bad men, bad looks, drinks amongst thieves and crooks, more bad women. Bad